Hey, love. Welcome to Her Promise Circle podcast, a safe space to come as you are to receive the word you need to help you continue on your journey to healing, growth, and walking confidently into God's purpose for your life. It's full of all the things that you'll need to live boldly as the woman God created you to be. I'm your host and founder of Her Promise Circle, Mikkel. Get connected, let us support you where you are right now and where you're going. All right, family. So today we're going to discuss divine connection, the importance of community and how God uses people in our lives. As you know, Her Promise Circle is a community, but it's not like it just poofed out of nowhere. God had to do a lot of work in me, humble me, create a clean heart within me, like in Psalms, right? Where I had to forgive a lot of the wrongdoings that I had faced, whether it was my fault, I brought them upon myself, or whether I was bullied, or whether I was made to feel as less than by women, especially growing up. And I know now this is called a full circle moment, why the enemy works so hard on isolating me from other women. Because this is now my purpose, to reach women, to help us come together, to deliver his word to them, to help them break free, to help them heal on their journey with him. And the enemy thought ahead, y'all, okay? Because at that time, he might have had more faith that I was going to be who I am today than I did. I didn't even know this is what I was going to do. But he tried to get ahead of me. And that's what the enemy does. He tries to get ahead of God's plan for your life. He tries to deviate you from where God is taking you by destroying, still kill and destroy, your means that you use to connect to other people. So pride, unforgiveness, holding grudges, right? Feeling like people don't like you. The art of comparison. Yes, it's an art because you literally have to look for it to do it, right? Instagram makes it easy now, but back then it wasn't all that. It was more in person, right? Or on TV, like super unrealistic. But jealousy, feeling like crabs in a bucket. Like if you are a person who moved out and you came from a place that no one was really doing the things that you saw for yourself, people were like, yeah, no, you can't do that. I don't see you doing that. Or they were discouraging you. The enemy tries to get ahead of us. And that is proof that God is taking us somewhere. Before we even get close to God, the enemy's at work because he's like, yo, I got to catch her while she here, while she don't know who she is, while God hasn't gotten through to her yet as to who she is, told her where she's going. And while she's out here lost, I got to get in her that she can't do this. She's too far gone. God can't do a work in her, you know, that she's less than. She'll never amount to more than average. Her family never did it. So why would she be able to do it? I'm going to put her around friends who are jealous of her secretly and who try to pull her down and who talk about her behind her back, and people who don't like her in general, who just try to betray her and bring her down. And so therefore, that'll create her to be the type of woman who gossips and puts others down because that's how she thinks she's supposed to be. She thinks she can't trust, and she exalts herself, pride, because she's compensating for her low self-esteem and the comparison trap. Sound like you too much too early? Oh, well, girl, you know how this go, okay? But God had to heal that within me in order to get me to this place in my life. And it was not easy. You got to go through it. You got to be tried. You got to be tested in the fire, right? You got to be refined like gold. 
And so what does he do to help you heal your heart? He puts you in front of difficult people. People that are hard to love. Once you come to him and you know that his light shines through you, that you are patient, you are kind, gentle, all the fruits of the spirit, right? Once you learn who you are and how you're supposed to interact with other people, what's the enemy going to try to bring? Oh, you think you changed? <laughs> Let's see. And so it's not going to send people who love you, who are nice to you. That's easy. It even says that in the word, like, where's your reward if you could be nice to someone who's nice to you, right? It's going to be difficult people. It's going to be challenges. But through the testing, you are tried and your heart becomes true. And that's genuinely who you become. He begins to shine through you. He begins to give you a heart like his. And you begin to not only have it, but show it to others. See, the thing is, when you come close to God, you don't have to walk around like, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. The way you treat people, the way you act, the humility, your ability to be vulnerable with people and connect to people that you don't even know because they are his people too. So as your love for Christ grows, you are able to show his heart to others because of the grace, love, mercy, unrelentless faithfulness that he's had to you. because of his ability to humble you, that you can't do things in your own strength and that you needed his grace and that he was good to you before you even knew who he was. That alone brings you into surrender of the God that you serve, but it brings you into the awareness of the love he has for you and how to portray that to other people. And so when God does a full change in you, that's a permanent change. You know why it's permanent? Because you've gone through the trials, you've gone to the test, you've got 75s, you've got 61. But once you start getting 88s, someone comes and vexes you, child, at work, and you were like, yo, old me would not have handled it like that. Old me would have popped off. Old me would have been in that office, okay? But as you grow, you see the change in you because that's his love at work within your heart. His love is so powerful. And then we're able to show it to others. So today we're going to focus on why. Why is it so important for us to be in community with each other? Why does God use other people and how? And how do I know? How do I know who's supposed to be in my life? Why is it so important that I humble myself? Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I know this scripture gets misinterpreted, but you're not to fear him. It's a reverent awe of his love, of his mightiness, of his sovereignty in your life, that he's got it, that he is the God that he says he is, that he is the great I am, your provider, Jehovah Jireh, all the things. And so once you have surrendered to Christ fully, dying to yourself, because you are now hidden in him, once you do that, you must seek him to find who you are. And that's literally what I did. You literally have to come to the end of yourself in order to seek him to find out who you truly are. Because who you were was who you were in the world, who your flesh was, who your trauma was, who your heartbreak made you into. But now that you're surrendered to Christ, you now have to seek him to find who you are. It's Colossians 3 and 3, I believe. And it tells you that we are hidden in him. That's why you must seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Or those who come to God must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. The Bible's constantly telling us to seek him. In Psalms, David says he seeks him early in the morning. We are to seek him. Seek and you shall find. 
Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be open unto you. Seek him. Why? Because who you are is hidden in him. And as you get to know him, you get to know you. As you get to know you, your heart begins to change. As you allow his love to penetrate your heart and heart, your love for others begins to show in the way that he uses you to love on others. So if we know that to be true for us, why wouldn't it be true for others to love on us? Let's talk about some divine connections in the word, right? Joshua took over the leadership position to take the Israelites into the promised land. Samuel anointed David as king when he was a child. He knew who David was. <clears throat> David's dad showed a whole bunch of other his sons, but Samuel's like, uh-uh, no, I know better. Discernment, because Samuel was close to God and he heard him. He had discernment. Samuel anointed David and we know who David was. Elisha took Elijah's mantle. Timothy carried on Paul's gospel mission. Naomi and Ruth, token duo, right? Ruth told Naomi, yo, your God will be my God. She made that vow to her and she followed her when she didn't have to. She didn't have to have any allegiance. She was only her daughter-in-law. The other daughter-in-law left, girl. She wasn't having it. But Ruth went with her and she was faithful to her. And because she was faithful to Naomi, trying to take care of her, she met Boaz, who ended up being the kinsman redeemer for their family. Ruth ended up being in the lineage of Jesus. But because of her obedience, because she was in the right place at the right time, but because of her obedience, Esther, Esther, you were born for such a time as this, Mordecai told her. Esther had favor when she went into the palace. She had favor. The servants, the king's people, the king, and that's God's favor upon her life. And we see God work behind the scenes in Esther. And Mordecai comes to her and is like, yo, you're getting exalted to this position because you're going to help your people. The right place at the right time. It's never a coincidence. You don't just run into strangers and good they say good things to you that make your day better. You don't just run into strangers and they pay it forward. It's not a coincidence. If God wants to send you a blessing, he'll send you a person. If the enemy wants to distract you, he'll send a person. So how his lot works is he tries to divide us. He tries to divide men and women, divide men and men, divide women and women because he knows there's power in connection. He comes for relationships daily, y'all. Y'all know this and your ability to connect. So that's why it's important to study what the word says and how to be in community because I don't know about y'all, but for the longest time in college and on, for a decade of my life, I was like, yeah, I believe in God, but it's about my personal relationship with him. I didn't go to church. I didn't connect with other Christians. I didn't have Christian friends. I just knew I believed. And if you don't surround yourself with people who have faith like yours, it is easy for your faith to be choked out. You start to act like those people, you adopt what they believe, and you make it seem like that's what God is okay with. Yes, he has grace for your wrong beliefs. But to wallow in it and stay there, that's a lie from the enemy. I have trust issues. No new friends. Okay, well, how's God going to send you a divine connection? Someone who may put you in a different position in your life, have favor on your life, if you're blocked out from other people. So the enemy starts early, right? That bad breakup. You were in that toxic relationship for way too long. <laughs> you had emotionally immature or completely unavailable parents. You came from a single parent household or divorce. You've seen your parents have tumultuous relationships. You were bullied. You had comparison. You were jealous. 
You have low self-esteem. You have an unforgiving heart. You hold grudges. You're stubborn. You're prideful. You don't want to hear when you're wrong. I used to love being alone. I used to even... When I first recommitted my life back to Christ and I noticed, started noticing the power of my words, I began to see how people saw me and I began to see that they would say things that I was saying, but as they were saying them, now that I have a new awareness of who God told me I was, I was like, that's not me. For example, for the longest time, you know, you go home for holidays. Oh yeah, you know, Mickey gonna be the, you know, rich auntie, no kids, you know, she don't really care about getting married. A couple of my friends said this on my trip home after I recommitted my life to him. And I was like, hold up, we're going to get married. Because one thing I'm going to do is get married. And so I noticed I adopted these beliefs in order to protect myself from looking vulnerable. Like I had wanted something that I didn't have. I adopted this rhetoric in my life, this story, and it became a lie. And so much so that people were speaking it over me as a curse. You've got to be careful. Pay attention to what you say. Become aware to the blanket statements in your life. All, every, every man cheats. All women are cheaters. All women are mean. All, all girls are gossipers. I could never be close to a girl. Oh, I don't even like girls. I used to say that all the time, y'all. Crazy, huh? I got a community full of women now. I used to be like, I don't even like girls because they just mean. They just want to start drama. These are lies. Because what God has done is he's, he's isolated me in my wilderness season and replaced every friendship that I thought was fulfilling and full then in the world. He has replaced it with faith-filled, beautiful ladies that genuinely are happy when I'm happy, genuinely want to encourage me. I don't know about y'all, but the most important thing that I am grateful for for the women he's placed in my life is they're happy when I'm happy. Like, I don't know that I've ever had that. I don't know that I've ever had people be happy for me to the extent where it's selfless. The only way to do that, I think, is with God humbling your heart and making it pure. Even me. I'm not just saying other people weren't happy for me. Hearing good news, it's like, all right, all right. Every time you, you know, let's not act like it's just other people, y'all. It's about being self-aware. Is it just me? Cool. I'm going to carry that flag. But God does something in your heart and in your mind that humbles you and creates this purity in you where you can be happy for others because you know what you have. What he says you have. So you're not, oh, they have this good thing and I just, I never get anything good. No, you don't have that no more because you know who you are in Christ. You're confident in it. Pay attention to the blanket statements you say in your life. What are the lies the enemy has told you that you are now living out? I met one of my best friends at the Woman Thou Art Loose conference. We both had on our hearts before we went that we were not going to go because we were not going to go alone. Okay. Mm-mm. But God had been at the both of us separately before we even met to go. And girl, I was excited. I was like, all right, Lord, it's just going to be me and you. We're going on a date. Let's go. I was like taking my Bible and everything. Had a book bag. I ended up meeting up with a few girls that were in this group chat that I had been in. T.D. Jakes said, say this and that to your neighbor or whatever. And I turn around and this girl taps me on my shoulder and says it to me. And I said it back to her or whatever. And I see her go back and sit down and she's alone. And I'm like, yo, you want to come sit with us? She's like, yeah, okay, sure. 
later as we talk, we're like, yeah, this is really out of both of our character, like to do that. But she's not even from the state that Woman Dollar Boots was in. And we happen to be in that room on the same row at that time. And we are now the best of friends. Whenever God joins a relationship together, it is accelerated. So God can bring a woman into your life. And you may have only had like lifelong friends. And for some reason, us as women, we're devoted to these friends because of time and investment. They may not even be your friend no more. You may not even, you may have outgrown them, but we, we invest in relationships and think because we've invested, we can't leave them or we can't outgrow them. So you stay devoted to people who don't even like you anymore or are jealous of you or aren't growing you or are burdens, are leeches taking from you more than you get, more than they get. But what God can do is he can place a person in your life and you can feel like you've known them your whole life because he knows them, he knows you, and he puts y'all together for a reason. A few other girls, I talk to them all the time and it's like, wow, I've known you my entire life. Girls who send me chains of voice messages, y'all know who y'all are, because I can share my revelations with them. I can share my day with them and they're genuinely happy when God moves in my life genuinely happy for me. They pray for me. Tell me they've been praying for me. They can tell when something's up with me. I can celebrate their wins. They feel comfortable enough to open up to me and tell me how they're feeling. And I can open up to them and tell them how I'm feeling. Beautiful women who just love God, who have been transformed just like me, that God has placed in my life that I literally, <laughs> there's no words. I mean, the friendship with the faith aspect involved is so fulfilling and so beautiful and so real. It, these are friendships I've made in the past year and a half. And I feel like I've known these women for years in my life. Even if it's the encouraging text late at night after I do a Bible study or after I do a podcast and it's like, yo, that's crazy that you said that because it affected me like this. And child, yes, I do these podcasts. Yes, I do the things, but I do everything afraid. Okay, let's be real. Be strong and be courageous. That's what he told Joshua. So Joshua was afraid. But one thing I'm going to do is do it afraid. And so sometimes I beat myself up. Sometimes I'm like, was that even good? Lord, did you even speak through me in that? Was my mind even right? And these women will confirm me, encourage me. He sends a word. And it's like, they don't even know I'm going through that. But they follow what they feel. And they send me the message. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> they didn't even know I was feeling this way. But divine connection. God puts people on your heart for a reason. Never ignore it. Once you get closer to God and you start getting people on your heart and your mind, pray for them. Text them. Reach out to them. You never know why. People in your life that are meant to be there, you can feel the presence of God with. The way God treats you, you can feel a fraction of that in them. That's how you know. Increased discernment is just getting to know who God is and understanding his character so that when people exhibit it, you can be like, this is meant for me. God is not toxic. God does not take more than he gives. God does not confuse you. God does not make you feel bad about yourself. Now, don't get me wrong. God challenges you. So every real friend you have will challenge you because you are not always right. Okay, so don't take that out of context. God will never make you feel less than. He will correct you and guide you. Correction in love. So in order to receive these things, from God through people, you have to, one, heal to a point 
that she won't throw away a person that God has sent her away. Heal to a point where good doesn't seem bad because trauma makes good seem uncomfortable. When you've lived like some way so long, it becomes uncomfortable when you receive the upside of it. Or if God sends a business partnership in and you just got a prideful spirit, you good, you good, you gonna make it on your own. How can God someone send someone in to divinely elevate you in your position, give you favor when your heart is nasty, sis, okay? You're prideful, you think you could make it on your own, you don't wanna accept help. But when God sends you help, you turn it down because you got it, right? You grind and you hustler. You won't get it in your own strength, no. How can God send networking or friendships or your husband for that case if you can do everything on your own? If you can't receive true love, if it's uncomfortable. So what God does is he takes you alone with him and purifies your heart and your mind and shows you the lies you believe for so long and shows you where you went wrong and who disappointed you and who you need to forgive. And he cleans that all up as you reveal it to him. You don't just say a blanket prayer like, Lord, heal me. All right, bye. No. What he God going to do is show you specific areas you need to heal and you need to take it to him. Take it to him and then he can heal it. You must realize it first. And that's how you get permanent change in your life. Because once you're aware of it, you're like, okay, God, I don't know how I'm going to heal from this, but I remember this thing. And this is where I've lost my faith at. In people. Give that to him and let him heal it and see what he does. Become aware of what makes you disconnect or what makes you unable to genuinely connect to other people or to let people in. Is it trust issues? Is it pride? Were you bullied? Do you have a relationship idol? Did you have a bad heartbreak? Did you have childhood trauma from your parents or from siblings, whatever? Identify it and give it to God to heal because in this season, I just feel so strongly God moving and putting people together and putting people in position to help other people. And if you are not in position, sis, to receive what he's doing, you will miss it. Whether it's that kind word late at night from a sister or a kind correction from a friend. Or someone just there to celebrate with you. Someone there to confirm a word God gave to you. Oh, I got so many girls that have been doing that to me lately. Y'all know who you are, child. A friend sent to pray for you. A friend who you go to sad and upset who their first instinct isn't to tell you how to fix it. Their first instinct is to pray for you. And through a prayer like that, through a friend that I have, I have been healed from things that have kept me bound for years. Through that type of prayer, when I was going through things that I had just been in a cycle with, to be honest with you, just from hurt and pain that I'd been in a cycle with, I called this person and I went to them because I didn't know where else to go. and they prayed. And the words that came out of their mouth, they don't even know, are things that I've taken to God myself. But there's a verse that I love that explains the healing that I receive from that prayer. In James 5, 16, it says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. When you are able to be vulnerable with another person, there's a healing that takes place. That the Bible says, that you may pray for each other and be healed. There's a power in coming together. And the sooner you realize the power of community and having people in your corner who are growing you. If you're outgrowing people, recognize that right now. 
just because you've been friends with them a long time, it don't mean nothing, sis, because God is an accelerating God. If, he's, if you're finding yourself being isolated, let him, because he's trying to bring new people in your life. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray you soften every woman's heart under the sound of my voice. You rebuke the spirit of pride, of envy, of comparison, of low self-esteem. Lord, anything keeping us from connecting, I pray you make us aware of it and heal it in us. Thank you for this word, and I thank you for the direction it gives us. I thank you for being with us, for holding our hands through this journey, letting us know the move you're about to make. And I thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.